What is up, everybody, and welcome to episode 400 of the Dense Pixels podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-hosts, Micah. Hi, where does the time go? It's amazing. It's been nearly, it's been more than eight years, but eight and a half years that we've been doing this, uh, this little show at this point. Goodness gracious. And uh, Carrie here as well. Uh, in the, in the wise words of Smash Mouth, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you, when you guys did like the 10th anniversary podcast for TNP a few weeks back, like that reminded me, it was like, oh yeah, like this, we're coming up on that. Not too far in the future. Like we're closer yeah. to it than than not to it. So yeah, it's uh yeah, but yeah. Four hundred episodes. It's a lot of episodes. A lot of hours spent uh, talking video games with you guys. It's a lot of hours talking about politics and video games. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we uh, we thank you guys, especially those of you that have been here since the uh, since the early days of the pod. Uh, here's to 400 more episodes of Dense Pixels. Uh, to celebrate, we're doing a standard show today. <laughs> we're, and, we're not doing anything differently. And and as and to to underscore the point where we're not doing anything differently after 400 episodes, uh, Micah bought a video game <laughs> against his own interests and has been playing it. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I bought, a. I bought a couple of, oh, you still, you kept that up there. I thought I you did. were going to delete it. <laughs> well, let's talk about Back for Blood first. Okay. Back this for this Blood. isn't the game that I'm referring to. By the no, way, so. no, no. <laughs> Back for Blood. I, I put them in order of importance. Uh, oh, really? Uh, Interesting. Yeah. At least, at least to me, at least to wow. me. Wow. Okay. Um, Back for Blood is the spiritual successor to Left for Dead. And um, look, if you want Left for Dead, you'll get it in Back for Blood. Um, there's a lot of uh, similar things happening. Um, they have this card system uh, where, you know, cards have like positive or negative effects. You can collect them. But, uh, you know, same thing. You you run around with three other people or bots if you're lonely like me and you <laughs> you um you run around and you gather resources on the fly and you do different runs to try and get to I mean it has a story but like who cares right like it's zombies um and if you were missing that uh you'll get it it's a it's a very well made game it's it's uh it feels smooth um I would imagine that working it would be much better if you have friends to play with i have heard that it's not a very friendly game to uh solo players no no not at all and i think you like i think none of your solo career carries over to your multiplayer career or something Mm -hmm. something weird like that which is uh which is very odd and disheartening uh because it's like well why do i even play one mode or the other right like but um it's 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 literally has the same types of you know zombies they're just called something different mm-hmm. um they have witches they have boomers uh you know it's it it is what it is so if you've been missing that um back for blood is is fun and it is available you know at no additional cost if you have game pass which is perfect right this is a perfect game pass game this is a game that i would 
try, pick up for a minute, put down, but I don't have that commitment of, you know, doling out that 60 to 70 bucks. Um, It's just not a game for me. And uh, I, I feel like it's a game that you need like a dedicated group of friends to, to play with, to get the most out of. And I have dedicated groups of friends, just, you know, like we don't have the same schedules, you know what I mean? So it, it's, it's not for me, but if you're into that type of game, yeah, this is, it's, it's good. It's very good. Um, Okay. If you thought I wasn't getting this, this is your fault. Okay. Um, I, I thought, I thought you had learned your lesson <laughs> after being, I don't want to say burned with the previous game in the franchise, but like, you know what this game is at this point. Yeah. And like, I know that you have some level of enjoyment with these games, but you've also stated millions of times how, Games from this particular company need to do something to stand out for you because all of their games are kind of the same at this yeah. point. Yeah. So I And yet here you are. So like I said, I don't pre-order <laughs> games anymore. Uh so when the reviews all came out for this game and everyone's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Far Cry's back. It's back to being Far Cry three again. Who like, said what? that? Who said that? All, all the Who reviews that I saw were like, it's a people, Far Cry game. No, nah, people not look. Look at the numbers, man. Look at the numbers. Uh, people, yeah, look at the numbers, man. People people were giving this thing eights and nines, man. And and I'm like, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna go at it again, right? Like, because I was going to buy it when it was on sale. And then it got started getting very good reviews. Oh, IGN uh, gave it an eight. And, and. Uh, it's got, a, it's got know, a 75 on Metacritic, just so you know. A 75 on Metacritic is pretty goddamn high. At it's, least I think so. it's fine. Like it's it's the minimum that I would expect any Far Cry game. Well, that's it. To. That's it. It's the minimum of <laughs> what you would expect a Far Cry game to be. It's uh, it it it's it's all the trappings of a of a Far Cry game, which you know I don't mind, right? Like I'll mm-hmm. sit and I'll put on like an hour long YouTube video of some you know YouTuber giving a video essay on a movie. And I'll just sit there and and play Far Cry. Um, But it's Far Cry. And if you haven't bought it yet, but you want it, like, just wait. Just wait. Uh, Which is probably what I should have done. Um, (laughs) It feels like like Far Cry games at this point, with the type of stuff that you do in the game, are just a live service game with a finite amount of content, essentially. Like, that's kind of what I... Yeah, kind of. That's a very interesting way of putting it. Um, and I mean, it's, I just it's know that, true. like, I read the Polygon review, and Polygon doesn't assign number scores to their reviews anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they either recommend the game or they don't. And um, I just know that that review, um, I'll bring it up, it, it specifically called it, like, a waste of potential and, like, called out the fact that um, it doesn't actually say anything meaningful despite these, like, really over the top political themes that it just decides it's not going to actually say anything about. Yeah, yeah, the 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 company notorious for not making political games made another political game. Mm-hmm. And most it it like it it puts a political theme on a T and it and it leaves it on the cover and it puts it in on the trailers um and then 
It's like the little kid comes up with the wiffle bat and instead of hitting the ball off of the tee, he swings and misses and falls around on his ass. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that would be, uh, so, so here's the thing, right? Like the, the political like machinations of this game are incredibly over, right? To the point where this charismatic fascist, pseudo-fascist president who acts like a dictator is has a saying to make Yara paradise again and is calling out true Yarens from fake Yarens. And it's just like, uh, okay, I mean, I get it. I got, I got it the first five times, right? Uh, and you are a freedom fighter who is... Uh, uh, out to kill this person. You don't want to, right? Like you want to go to Miami, right? And and live it up. Um, but you 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 get sucked in and you you join this revolution that you didn't really want to be a part of anyway. Um, which makes for a kind of a piss poor character, right? Like your character should want to do this. Otherwise, why are you doing it? Right. And it just and the the character doesn't she doesn't give off the, you know, the, the viva la revolution, right? Like she just gives off this air of like, all right, well, I said I was going to help. So I'm going to help. All right. Well, you got a mission for me. I mean, all right, I'll do it. Uh, you know, and it's, it, it so the sto- people are making a big deal about like the story being very mature and stuff. And it, it, I mean, it's like you said, they, they set it up and they take a swing and I don't even think it's a big swing. They take it up, they set it up, they take a swing, they miss, and they're just like, all right, whatever. And then they leave. Um, but the game is fun to play if you like that type of game, right? Like it's it's a first person open world game. It's fun. It's got guns out the ass, right? And each one of those guns plays a little differently, but it gets to the and there's a lot of customization, right? But it gets to the point where if you can customize a gun to your to your liking you don't really have to use any other guns um the the menu system is weird you can hold any gun let's say there's like 50 guns in the game you have you can have all 50 of those guns in your inventory but you can only carry three you can only swap between two uh, one of them, one, you can only carry four. You can, one of them is a dedicated sidearm. So that locks you out of, you know, keeping certain guns. You can carry three others, but you can only swap between two of them. And if you have a gun and you can use any gun in your inventory, but you have to pause, select it, set it to one of the primary four slots before you can use it. What it, I'm what I'm hearing is, oh no, you got an immersive sim in my first person shooter. Oh no, you got a first person <laughs> shooter in my immersive sim. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, like just let me just let me just let me carry a bunch of guns, man. Like if I can just carry all the guns, just let me carry all the guns, right? It's a video game. I don't need this, I don't need this to be hyper immersive, right? I got this immersive uh sim uh shooter uh that i can you know deploy a wingsuit on command and just start flying or you know deploy a parachute 10 feet above the ground right like it like if you're going to be just cause 
just be just cause. It's very odd to me. Um, the game is is it's not worth the price of admission. Um, inevitably, when it goes on sale in five weeks, six weeks, uh, <laughs> get it even, then. Not even. It's five. I think it's four <laughs> weeks. Or, you know, whenever Black Friday happens, you're five weeks, five weeks away. But it's when it goes yeah. On sale. So, yeah, if you really want it, if you really want it, Please wait for a Black Friday sale. If you haven't, and, and if you haven't, if you haven't purchased it now, you probably are going to wait for a Black Friday sale. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hold off on that. Don't uh, don't be don't don't be like me. I have uh since we last spoke, I finally beaten uh, Metroid Dread and hundred percent of it too. I went back and got all the items because I figured that having all the energy tanks would help uh, get past the final boss, which I kept getting to its last phase and then dying horribly uh when i feel like i was very <laughs> close to the end of the fight um but it was so i i i enjoyed metroid dread the more i played it uh micah i have not heard you talk about metroid dread yet so i'm, I'm curious about your thoughts i that you said it perfectly i enjoyed it the more i played it uh at first i was like you know all right this is cool and all but you you know you kind of gimped right mm-hmm. like but it's a metroid game right you expect that so I kept playing, I kept playing, and um, I I got uh, the charge beam. I'm like, all right, whatever. And then I started playing some more, and, you you know, you just explore. And then I get to the second area, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, because the way my brain works, like, like I really want to do as much as I can in the first area before mm-hmm. I go to the next area. And I know it's a Metroid game. You're going to be locked off from certain things. But like, I felt like there were some areas that I could access that I didn't. So I went to the second area. I tried to get back and I couldn't. I was like, fuck, am I stuck? But it took me a minute to, to figure out what to do. And then I started getting powers mm-hmm. and I started to get uh, I, I to I'm not very far. Um, I, I just beat Kraid, right? Okay, so, so you're, you're still far. very early. Very early. Yeah. In the game. So I've 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 been to the first three areas and I just beat Kraid. I just got the um the the charge gun that will let that the blast radius will hit through walls. Mm-hmm. That was the last major upgrade that I got. But I'm digging it now. Because I have mobility, I have the morph ball. I can get into you know certain places that I couldn't before. I have the various suits, so I can explore the the heated uh, areas. And and once you start uh, uh, accumulating your powers, the game gets really fun. Yeah. Um, so I I'm very much uh, looking forward to to playing more of it. The problem is I, you know, I don't have a lot of time and I get most of my playing done while I'm at work. Uh, and that's not like, I got to make that, I got to make that hour count. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, and I don't have a fancy schmancy OLED <laughs> screen. Like Let me tell you that I played, I played that whole game uh, in handheld mode. And I, pr- I would too. It, so. <laughs> it was fantastic. And I got to tell you, uh, so they, they pace out the, the boss encounters. Um, going through the early part of the game, once once you get like sufficiently powered up as Samus, uh, they are just throwing bosses at you. Like it's nobody's business. There's so many boss fights in this game. <laughs> um, it's crazy. Like it's insane. And, and again, the last, the last boss fight is I'm ashamed at how many times I died. I'm glad they don't have like a death, a death, uh, counter <laughs> like they do. And in, do you, uh, 
like the past. Now, are you ashamed or like I, I've heard people complain that the game is hard. The game is very challenging, but I, you know, when I die, it's because my reflexes aren't as fast. Oh, right? no doubt. Like, 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 like it, cheat me. it was no, the game. I don't think the game cheated me. Like it really was. Most of the boss fights are like this, but especially the final fight. It's really just about learning the patterns and learning to be precise with your inputs and not playing like a fucking idiot. Like the pro- the problem with, with a lot of Metroid games and you can get away with it in the early part of this game, but not, not too much. The, even the early boss encounters still requires some level of, of, uh, of precision in Metroid dread, but in a lot of Metroid games earlier, uh, you can just kind of spam missiles yeah. on bosses and just kind of stand your ground and still like beat them because you have an, if you have enough energy, um, cause your missiles are super powerful in the later boss fights in this one. No, like you have to, it's again, I, I think I mentioned it last week. It's like a souls boss, like where you have to pick your spots. And then when the opening happens, you have to, you have to take advantage of it. So yeah. no, I, I, and, I didn't uh, feel like it was unfair. I was just getting really frustrated because it was difficult. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I had to figure out Creed and and uh Cray's not hard, but like his patterns are very easy, mm-hmm. right? But it just, you know, he's just throwing shit at you and I'm like, oh fuck, like, like you know, so it every time I died, I it was my fault. So I didn't feel terrible about it. And the way the checkpoint system is, if you if you die in an Emmy area or at a boss area, you just respawn right there as mm-hmm. opposed to the last save point, which is really cool. Uh, you're one hundred percent right about the Emmys. They, you know, they don't induce dread. They, I guess, they induce dread in the sense that it's like, ugh, I gotta <laughs> run. I gotta run through this thing now. Like, they, well, they, they don't. So there, there are some. There are some like scary moments of those. Like there was a moment, and I've seen this moment happen to a few folks, where like you know how when you get the the um what is it the Omega Cannon or whatever it is, yeah. And you have to sit there. And so, like, to, to kill the Emmys, you have to use this weapon uh, called the Omega Cannon that basically when you use it, you hold down the L button and it switches to, like, an over-the-shoulder view um, where you're kind of looking down a hallway. And mm-hmm. the kind of the goal is you want the Emmy to come towards you while you, like, first fire cannon shots at it to, like, melt its protective shield away. And then you have to charge up a shot and hit it in the eye to, to kill it basically. Well, if you happen to stand in a spot that has like a opening in the ceiling, like above you and you're expecting the Emmy to come from down the hall, sometimes they just drop right in front of your fucking face and (laughs) while you're you're sitting there like over the shoulder, uh, charging up, waiting for them to appear elsewhere. Like, like there was one where, there, there was, I felt like a badass. I wish I'd recorded it where there was one where I had already melted the face shield off and I was charging up like cannon shot. And so you're sitting there like holding like L R and Y, like while this thing powers up and then the Emmy, like I was waiting for it to come down the hallway. It drops just right in front of me. And I was like, Oh shit. I panicked and let the butt go to still hit it like right in the face. And <laughs> so, that was pretty fun. Um, but no, I love yeah. Samus's characterization in this. Like yeah. she doesn't say a word, but oh, you she, know she, she does she, later. She does later, but not oh, she does. Yeah, but only she only has like I think two pieces of dialogue. Uh, both of them are in Chozo. Like she, she's like, so, like she's speaking Chozo in the game. So she's so fucking cool, man. Like she's so goddamn cool, yo. And and it's just like like Kraid is just like 
yelling and screaming in the in, in my face and shit. And she just charges up a can, hard cannon, and just bam, shoots him right in the mouth. Like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's fucking do this, man. All in wedge heels, by the way. Uh, fucking amazing. I also love Mr. Metroid. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. Uh, Carrie, why yep. are you subjecting yourself to subjecting myself? Well, I so I they're not doing uh cross progression, no, from, they're from not. My understanding, I'll play again from the beginning. You think I give a shit? I'll do it again. <laughs> so, you're gonna play Monster Hunter Rise <laughs> from the get go on PC just because they're putting it yes. on a PC, yep, because it looks and plays a lot smoother on PC than it does on Switch, which would not surprise anyone. Uh, so yeah, the Monster Hunter Rise PC demo dropped few days ago and um it is the same demo that was available on the switch when they were getting ready to release the game on the switch it's the same three um three hunts that you can choose from you have a beginner hunt which is great izuchi you have an intermediate hunt which which is mizutsune and you have an advanced hunt which is uh magnamalo um you just choose a weapon and you're sort of putting preset gear and and you go out and you do it um yeah look it's it's the same monster hunter monster hunter is monster hunter um looks great on switch um it definitely still doesn't look as good as monster hunter world did but um i'm i'm just glad it's going to be available to play on pc uh yeah i um I, I would say if you have a PC and you've ever been on the fence about getting into Monster Hunter, just get the demo. It's literally free. Like <laughs> you can play it. I I want to say there's like a the, the there is a limit, but it's like 30 hunts or something like that. And I feel like fighting the same three monsters 30 times, you'll probably decide if you like it or not. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise is by far the easiest game in the Monster Hunter franchise to start with. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's definitely the most forgiving for newbies. There is still, you know, a learning curve. Um, but if you're concerned about the controls or anything like that, there's also two like training sessions that you can do in the demo. So, yep, cool. I will play Monster Hunter Rise again from the beginning on PC. Yeah. We're actually getting a uh, reprieve this week in terms of new releases uh, for a typical October. Uh, Nuclear Blaze comes out on PC. Uh, Inscription, which is not spelled correctly, is coming out on PC as well. Uh, Into the Pit comes out on Xbox and PC. Corpse Party comes to Xbox, PlayStation, Switch and PC. Uh, Grotto comes to PC. Townscaper comes to mobile. Echo Generation comes to Xbox and PC, and the Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes comes to PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. They're still putting those out. Apparently, they're very popular. Go to uh, go to our Discord by going to densepixels.com slash fans. I'm on there right now. Let's see what's going on. Uh, in the general discussion tab, uh, Carrie is talking about changing her extra life plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad is bragging about his uh, 11 hour, 45 minute and eight second clear time. Oh, I am not bragging about that clear time to be, <laughs> to be clear. Uh, I, so the game, the fucking game's been out for two weeks. I think the current uh, speed run record is sitting at about an hour 32. 
right now in Metroid. Jesus. Dread, which is nonsense. Gee, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sequence breaking, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 one of the first things people figured out how to do in this game was how to sequence break and get <laughs> get power ups earlier and whatnot. Jesus Christ. Uh, there is uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, at densepixels.com slash fans. And uh, you can interact with all the fine folks there and us because I'm separating us from the fine folks because, <laughs> you know, we're not fine folks. We're folks. Um, go to youtube.com slash densepixels and uh, smash that like button and smash that subscribe bell and smash all notifications and and smash uh, to see uh, all of our beautiful faces uh, after you smash. Um, uh, subscribe to all of the TMP Studios podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, including the Nerdpocalypse podcast, Black on Black Cinema, uh, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of Look Forward. Um, and go to densepixels.com slash premium for $5 a month or $50 for the full year. You get access to the premium slate of shows, including the airing of grievances, which is back. Um, we just uh, released the wig master. Here's the thing. All right. Let me, let me open the forbidden door. Right. Here's the thing. Uh, we had done that back in July and somebody just forgot to upload it. <laughs> I was busy, bro. I was busy, dude. I was busy. We're all busy. Certain J's. Certain J's. (laughs) Uh, uh, Certain J's. So, but it is back. Uh, We're going to start recording those uh, right before the Nerdpocalypse so that uh, we will have them out in the time and manner. No, we will have them finished. When they get released, who the hell knows? Um. You can also get access to No Time to Bleed, The Men with the Golden Tongues, uh, which Brad and I um, have been doing our Metal Gear Solid uh, series. Um, Speaking of forgetting to do things, uh, (laughs) that will be edited and posted later this week. There you go. (laughs) I think you get a little bit of a. I, I think you get a little bit of a a little bit of a a pass because you know we did it earlier. We did it what a week or two ago. And and Whereas and I have to upload uh, choice audio clips to the to the file as well. So absolutely, there, there's Whereas, a, there's actual yeah. there's actual production and editing that goes into Men with the Golden Tongues. Absolutely. Whereas you know the other one was done in July and somebody just forgot to do it. You, so. you know you know what else we're gonna have to schedule uh, for Men with the Golden Tongues. Oh yeah, yeah. The review, <laughs> the uh, the review of No Time to Die. Woo. Yep. Yes. <laughs> uh it can be spoiled for you, so don't uh don't um Oh it's already no. been spoiled. Oh I, I ain't right. that I ain't that impressed about it, you know. Okay. Um yeah, the member of the golden tongues, uh, upstage conversation and the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. There's something new afoot when it comes to look forward. It's on video. Yeah, it is That's on right. Video. If you uh, if you just cannot get enough of bread, uh, you can see him on video at uh, on just search for look forward on uh, YouTube. Uh, yeah, now now just, now with the privilege of paying us to see me on video. Yeah, man, like it's it's uh, 
It's going to be very interesting. Jay is super excited for this show to be on uh, YouTube because the freaks come out at night on YouTube. They do. And, uh, We're re- really at all times of day on YouTube. Like, yeah, there, there, there yeah. is no. It's it's always night somewhere, and the freaks. There's are no. There's out, no so. reprieve from weirdos on YouTube. So I can't wait to uh, hear him complain about all the political dullards that are out there on YouTube. While Brad, uh, Andy, and Jay uh, deliver the the all the news that's fit to read, um, yeah, that's pixel.com slash print. Um, Carrie, you can tell us uh, uh-huh. what is in this Animal Crossing content first, while okay. I build my anger towards the second okay. part of the news. Sure. So. <laughs> so we had a 20 minute long Animal Crossing Direct this past Friday. Um, there will be a free update and a paid update. And there's a lot of fucking content in both. So in the free update, both of these updates drop November 5th, by the way. Um, so in the free update, first thing we talked about was Brewster is coming back, our coffee pigeon. It's back. The roost is back. Um, uh, you can hang out with him. You can have a coffee with your villagers. You can even use the Animal Crossing amiibo cards to invite other villagers to come hang out with you at the roost. Um, other characters will be coming back to the um, to the game after being conspicuously absent so far. Um, those being Tortimer. Uh, the um, like mayor turtle um, Harriet, who's a poodle, uh, Katrina, the fortune telling cat, and Capin, who is a kappa. Um, Capin will ferry a boat to different islands, and these islands will all have something little, little weird, little different about them, like uh, weird plants or stuff that's in a different season than the one you are currently in, and stuff like that. Um, these other characters will be coming to Harv's Island, which uh, Har- Harvey is upgrading his island into something actually useful, whereas it was previously just like a f- place you could use to like take photos of your villagers and stuff. And it felt weirdly porny at all times. Um, it's like you would go in there and literally there's just like a camera set up and, a- and like one couch. And I'm like, this feels... <laughs> wrong <laughs> but now harv is getting like a marketplace so you can wait um, and wait and the character's name is harvey also yeah he's got like a big mustache too yeah it's it's it I, felt very explicitly pornographic i i feel like that uh nintendo was, has not been paying attention to the news cycle for the last four years give or take so <laughs> uh-huh, yeah yeah harv and his casting couch island um So uh, Katrina and Harriet will be taking up residence on Harv's Island in the new marketplace. Um, And that's that's really excited. And also Reese and Cyrus, who were the people who ran your sort of store in um, New Leaf, are also going to be more fully fledged characters rather than just guests characters on Harv's Island where you could like do a fun little side game and help them celebrate their anniversary. (laughs) Um, so they will, (laughs) you're not, you're not making this sound any less. I know I'm I'm not. (laughs) um, Reese and Cyrus will, uh, 
do they they will allow you to customize items in ways that you are not able to customize because they are professionals and you are a peasant. Um, and uh, yeah, other merchants that otherwise just sort of come through maybe once a week on the island. Otherwise, um, like Kicks and Red, those will also be uh, available at the marketplace. Um, gyroids are coming back. Gyroids, which have been sort of like a sub mascot of the Animal Crossing series, um, those little weird things that you dig up from the ground and they just make weird noises. Those are back, but you can now customize them and make them cute and they'll sync up with music that you have playing in your room. So that's cute. Um, they added farming and cooking. So getting like a taste of that Stardew Valley kind of life in there. Um you will now be able to grow at least five new crops, those being wheat, tomatoes, potatoes, sugarcane, and carrots. Um, you've always been able to grow pumpkins in the game, um, which is something they introduced around this time last year. And then you could use the pumpkins to like make new DIY stuff that was seasonal decor and whatnot. But now you can actually make food. And yeah, that's cute. Um, also cute is you can stretch along with your villagers in the island plaza um, by using the Joy-Cons and using motion controls. Again, cute. Um, various other quality of life updates to the game, such as new ordinances. Um, they more than doubled the storage. Storage has been at 2,400 stored items. Now you can expand that up to 5,000 What is this, Destiny? Items. Do you see people are worried about Vault Space and Animal Crossing? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, the camera app has been updated. There are more exterior home options. New fencing, new hairstyles, new reactions. Um, you can have now have a total of 10 each on bridges and inclines on your island. Um, you can now hang stuff from your ceiling. You can make an accent wall. Uh, yeah, there, there's a lot. Um, KK Slider's getting new songs. Um, there's new items that you can redeem your Nook Miles for. There's a, there's a storage shed, which you can place anywhere on the island to access your storage rather than just having to run all the way back to your house. Uh, there's the uh, ABD, which is like your bell... ATM, uh, so you can place that somewhere else so you don't have to run all the way back to the community center. Um, yeah. So that's just everything that's coming for free. And then there's a paid expansion called Happy Home Paradise, which is a premium DLC. It's going to cost $25. It is also launching on November 5th. Um, so that allows you to work with the Happy Home Academy. Um, so you get to see Lottie again, who's the main character who is in uh, the Happy Home Designer sort of spinoff game. And that allows you to basically build vacation homes for villagers. So if you are someone who enjoyed Happy Home Designer, and I enjoyed Happy Home Designer, and you, you like to just like decorate the rooms and do that interior exterior design stuff to go along with the themes. Um, that's really cool. You can also design restaurants and schools and other buildings, um, hospitals even. Um, Is this for real players to, to use your mm -hmm. resort? 
Yeah. So like you're building out this resort and then um, these, these buildings, like the schools and restaurants, what's nice is that um, the villagers will actually use them as intended once you've designed them and finished those buildings. Um, and then these other various tools that you get and like the design techniques that you can only get in the DLC, um, you can then bring that back to your home island and use that for like partition walls and fancy wallpaper and whatnot. So can we, uh, can we charge these players to use <laughs> uh, There's there's no way that Tom Nook will not instead just rent your vacation homes out as timeshares to other players. Essentially, right? <laughs> you will not see so any of that like money. However, you're you're doing this for for villagers that as opposed to like other players so like a okay. villager oh, okay. you know like you're a cute little bunny rabbit would be like i really like apples and i want my whole place to feel like apples so like you know that's that's the sort of shit you get in happy home designer so this is happy home paradise premium dlc 25 dollars. now we can get into what is making Brad so upset because while the DLC you can pay $25 separately on its own, you can also get it as part of the Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pass, which they sort of stealth released the price point of yeah. in the middle of this presentation. Yeah. <laughs> and it is $50 for the year for an individual plan or 80 for a family plan. It is rare Wait, to see. I'm a sorry. The $50 is for the animal crossing and the expansion and the, the switch online, right? So it's so 25 the, and 25. No, 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 no. no. So, so current, so switch currently it's been 20 for. The yeah. So cur currently yeah. if you have switch online, you are paying $20 for an individual membership for one year, or you are paying $35 for a family plan. And that gets you access to online play for switch games. And it gets you access to the super NES and the NES like virtual libraries that they Library, have yeah. available. Okay. So for an extra $30 or a 250% increase over the current price for an individual <laughs> yeah. plan, or for an extra $45, which is also a more than 100% increase on the, or sorry, 200% increase on the family plan. Uh, you have the privilege of getting access to the Animal Crossing DLC, uh, the nine Nintendo 64 titles that are going to be released, and presumably other ones that'll be released whenever that happens. And the, what is this, about a dozen or 13 uh, Sega Genesis games, Genesis games that are coming out. And again, allegedly they'll release more. Um, I would certainly hope if they're charging this premium that they will do it at a greater rate uh, than they've been releasing NES and Super Nintendo games thus far. I yeah. have rarely seen an announcement met with such universal dislike from <laughs> the gaming community as a whole, because this is some like, this is some like fucking piss on my leg and tell me it's raining level Nintendo stuff here. Like, like this is, this is insane to me to charge this premium 
for such little gain. Now, I say that with the knowledge that the Animal Crossing DLC by itself is $25. And so if you think about it for the first year, if you're going to buy the Animal Crossing DLC anyway, then for an extra $5, if you're getting the individual plan, you can get access to all these N64 games and Genesis games, which if you, if you frame it in that regard, sure, it seems like a pretty good deal. However, you don't own the Animal Crossing DLC no. in this scenario. What's more is that if, <laughs> if you get the Animal Crossing DLC through this premium pass, then you must be connected to the internet each time you go to play Animal Crossing because it does an <laughs> online check to verify that you're allowed to play the DLC as opposed to wow. just downloading it, which would just keep it on your system and you wouldn't have to worry about it at all. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing is that if you cancel your expansion pass subscription, you will no longer have access to the uh, expansion area. Um, however, you will keep access to the new furniture items that you unlock through doing that. So if you if you buy it and unlock all this new furniture, you can keep all the furniture, but you are not allowed to go to the expansion area if you cancel your online subscription. Yeah, this is this is I don't know what they're thinking. Like I like I really I don't, don't either. I don't know um, what level of goodwill like Nintendo does have a certain amount of goodwill built up as a company. Like they just do. There's a lot of fans that ride or die with Nintendo like crazy and will not criticize them no matter what. Well, but, I'm going to criticize a little. Yeah, bit. you're going to criticize them. I I I, I don't throw you in that. I don't throw you in. Like I want to get this. That's insane to me. I I, I will not I will not subscribe to this premium tier on principle, especially because some of the best N64 games will never appear on this service. Like like you can hope and pray for GoldenEye and for the WCW or WWF uh, yeah, wrestling. Yeah, but licensing probably isn't going yeah, to allow ne- that to happen. It's never going to happen. Um, um, I again, if if their history with putting games on this service is any indication, the releases are going to be sporadic, and mm-hmm. that's probably being being generous. I I, I can't <laughs> I can't tell you the last time that we got like a tentpole SNES game on the SNES virtual console, for example. Mm-hmm. And there's like layups like act razor, like the right. HD act razor just came out. Like that's right. Why put wouldn't the you put act razor on there? You know what right. I mean? Like why, like things of that nature. So I, I, it is a, a and to the bigger issue is that nowhere in this announcement is any talk of improving the online experience on on the switch which in my estimation of the big three companies nintendo has by far the worst user experience uh for online that exists out there and it's one thing if you're like hey we're gonna add you know better better ways to interact with your friends and we're gonna add like achievements and we're gonna like if we're if we're doing stuff to i don't give a shit about achievements no they don't care about achievements and i'm i'm okay with that but if you're going to add enhancements to the service, then you can justify the price point. But you are literally asking players to pay $10 less than they are currently paying with Xbox and PlayStation. And for a whole lot less. Right. For and, and you're giving them a whole lot less. I mean, for fuck's sake, like, like if you're going to do this, like you better be giving away Switch games for free. 
you know, two Switch games for free every month. Like that would mm-hmm. help justify the underlying costs. Yeah. So if you don't want the Happy Home Paradise expansion, mm-hmm. you can't just get the uh, uh, like a prorated twelve. No. <laughs> what? Yeah. So I, I. <sighs> I don't love this. However, I am going to get it because one, I'm going to get the Animal Crossing expansion regardless. Mm -hmm. And two, um, finding physical N64 first party titles and even a lot of these Genesis games is very expensive. And yes, I know emulators exist. but, you know, for for a lot of people, either that's morally not an option. I play on emulators on a fairly regular basis, so it's whatever for me. But it it is functionally a different experience to play an N64 game on your television with an actual game controller than it is to, like, play an emulated experience on your laptop with a mouse and keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um N64 games right now, I mean, the collector's market is bonkers. And for a lot of people, you know, this may be the easiest way. And despite the cost increase, the most cost-effective way to play some of these games. If emulators is, for some reason, not an option. Um, if, if If that aspect of it is playing into their thinking then fuck them for thinking that it is not Nintendo's job to look at the secondary market and say, well, we're actually saving people money over buying separately. Like it's their job to price things at a level that makes sense. I mean, I honestly don't understand why none of these games are available for you to just purchase through the eShop for five or $10 or whatever. They probably make more money from it. They probably make a ton of fucking money. (laughs) Um, So I am, I am buying the switch online expansion pass for you know really two two big reasons one is the what what it comes with already makes it worth it to me for the upgrade between the animal crossing expansion and the n64 and genesis games that come with it that i would want to play on switch but two i am Holding on to a hope mm-hmm. that the fact that it's going to include the Animal Crossing expansion is setting a precedent for future major first party DLC to also be included as part of that. So here, here's my question to you then. And I, it's, mm-hmm. it's a rhetorical question. If you're if, if that if that is going to be what you do, if you're if you're going to set a precedent to include future first party DLCs, which which would help the value add of the service significantly, if that was the chance, if that was the case, then why wouldn't you then do that for existing DLCs in your first party catalog? Like with like with Smash Brothers, for example, I'm not saying you have to put like Fighter Pass 2 on there because obviously you're still releasing content. Right. Like I don't understand why Fighter Pass 1 right. wouldn't like, be part of that. Like who who is still buying for, Fighter for Pass who, 1 and right. on, uh, for, for Smash Brothers? If you haven't bought it yet, who is still buying that first season of Smash Brothers Fighters at this point? Right. Who who's still buying 
Uh, Splatoon 2 DLC. Content. Right. The Octo <laughs> expansion could have easily right. been included in that. There's there's definitely. Yeah, I. I don't know. Um, I am I am hoping that this is creating that sort of precedence. Now, if we're back here in a year and they haven't released any additional titles of note for the N64 or Genesis um, lineups, because we know that they're putting uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Pokemon Snap, Zelda Majora's Mask, Kirby 64, Mario Golf, Paper Mario, and F-Zero X on there in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are all obviously N64 titles. We don't know what Genesis games would be forthcoming. Um, if if outside of those seven games that I just mentioned, there hasn't been anything of note or there's always been rumors that, oh, they're going to expand Switch Online stuff to include access to Game Boy titles or access to GameCube titles. Um, if if none of these assumed rumored expansions have happened by then, then I might just pay the hard price for the Animal Crossing DLC, assuming I'm still playing it. And who knows? Because currently, right now, I haven't touched my fucking Animal Crossing island since February. Um, so, you know, this this huge content update next month may only get me through this coming February, for all we know. Um, I, I may scale back down to the $20 tier. Just for the sake of playing online. I mean, ultimately, is is it a ton for the, the money for the $30 that you're paying? No, but you can still play online and have all the NES and SNES stuff for 20 bucks. Well, and that that's this isn't the, this that's isn't a forced whole, upgrade. Which is which is also weird, by the way. Like it. I, I know why they couldn't do it that way, because they would cause like a full scale revolt if they just mm-hmm. jacked the price tier up and not didn't give people a choice in the matter. Um, Mike, to answer your question about the Animal Crossing DLC, I firmly believe that they planned on releasing it with just the N64 and Genesis content at $50, realized that that would be really bad and just threw like the Animal Crossing DLC in there is just like a fucking like, like just something some extra to sling in there to, to, to get the perceived value inflated. Yeah, I don't like, I don't I, think there was a long-term plan behind that. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't mind I totally understand increasing it if you're going to provide more of a service, but uh you know, the 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 value just doesn't seem like it's there for people unless they play Animal Crossing. Yeah. Like I wouldn't mind doing it. I've I've thrown money at stuff before, right? We just talked about fucking Far Cry 6. That was a waste of money. But like yeah, I would I would I would do it because I'm the type of person that like, oh yeah, I would want to play this, but I'm not one of those like hardcore retro gaming people. So I I'm not going to I'm not going to take advantage of this. Um it's not going to get me to play Animal Crossing. Right. Maybe they were thinking that, too. Maybe like, oh, you well, you get this. You might as well buy Animal Crossing, too. I just I just don't understand the um, I don't understand the the logic in the in the rollout of this. Yeah. But uh, well, and, and again, the know. fact the fact that, like Carrie said, they, they snuck it in stealthily in the middle of the Animal Crossing DLC presentation tells you everything 
you need to know. Yeah. If, they, if they if they if they were if they were operating in good faith, they would have announced the price when they announced the N64 and Genesis games during the Nintendo Direct a couple of weeks ago. They knew that this was going to go over like a shit sandwich. And, <laughs> and, and 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 so they served it to us in the, the most low key manner that were possible. And to their credit, because if they had announced this price um, during the first direct, that's all people would have been talking. That's about all people would have talked about instead of, instead direct. of, you know, Bayonetta three and, and all the other stuff good, that got announced. During that, good so. marketing brain from Nintendo on this. Yeah. But so. yeah, I, I think this is for a lot of people. I'm sure this is going to be a wait and see if they're not into animal crossing, then there's really not a ton in here for them. Yeah. Um, but the way that I sort of math it out is like, all right, well, I'm paying $25 for the Animal Crossing DLC, which I was going to pay anyway. And then an extra $10 allows me to play all these N64 and Genesis games for the next year. So moving on from there, I consider myself a pretty keyed in guy in terms of like the comings and goings, especially in the technology space in this day and age. Uh, one thing that I could not explain to you if you held a gun to my head is non-fungible tokens. Or, Thank you. I, d- or I don't NFTs. know what the, I don't know what the fuck that thing is, man. I really don't. <laughs> and I like even wrestling. I was like, hey, get a John Cena NFT. I'm like, what the fuck is an NFT? Yo. Yeah. Please explain it to me. Um, I honestly think this Kotaku article does a good job of explaining it in as close to layman's terms as we can get. Um, Non-fungible tokens or NFTs are digital assets that represent ownership and big air quotes on ownership of specific image files. And this ownership is recorded in an electronic ledger called a blockchain. So this is a crypto blockchain sort of deal where basically... People are making money selling JPEGs and it it goes on and this is all accurate. The NFT scene is famous for scammers who will bail after the money is paid in. And there are multiple cryptocurrency projects in which the developers just expect investors to trust them on a spit handshake. By the way, and Kotaku always, always hits this hard. NFTs and crypto in general are environmental disasters, but as long as a high-profile NFT can command sales prices of millions of dollars, crypto bros will continue to peddle the shit out of them. Uh, Yeah, NFTs are basically giant money laundering schemes um, that set a rainforest on fire every time someone trades one. Like... Yeah, because we and, and that, that goes if, into what we've talked about here before is as we've talked about how like switch going to a more cloud based gaming future is actually really bad for carbon emissions. Like mm-hmm. like it's 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 amazingly bad for carbon emissions. Um, And I, I know enough about blockchain to know that that is the same way, because since everything is being run through servers constantly all the time. um, Yeah then that that's that's where you know you could run into issues with increasing carbon footprints and stuff like that if the firm that holds your ownership record even like exists after a certain period of time is another right like again be scared about it so it's mostly people making a lot of fucking money and making off with it and being like here's here's a jpeg of a dog shitting in a diaper and like 
And like that person just paid $8,000 for that. It's all a scam. It's all a scam. I cannot, I cannot stress this enough. NFTs are such a fucking scam. And every time it was like, oh, China outlawed crypto. And I was like, good. Why hasn't everyone else done that yet? It's a fucking giant money laundering scheme. So how does this, uh, how does this roll back to video games? You may ask, well, Valve has decided to ban video games that feature crypto and NFTs from Steam. I was not aware uh, that there were video games that had NFTs and cryptocurrency tie-ins. Yeah. With uh, this... Uh the, the formal ban wasn't completely unprecedented um, a few weeks ago at the end of September. NFT-based game dev Satoshi's Games announced that Valve would not allow its NFT game Light Knight to be released on Steam. No explanation was given until today uh, when the devs behind Age of Rust, another NFT game. We're going to end up in an Age of Rust if NFTs keep <laughs> lighting the planet on fire. Um when, when those devs explain that Steam does not allow games that, quote, have real-world value to exist on the platform, Light Knight is a game in which players can earn NFTs by playing the game, which they can then sell in a Bitcoin marketplace. Similarly, Age of Rust has a mechanic in which players can use NFTs to unlock certain kinds of in-game rewards. Since both of these <laughs> games allow players to redeem digital assets for real-world value, they would be running afoul of Steam's new stance against Man, such features. I would like to formally apologize because I have long made fun of people who spend money on gotcha games Mm -hmm. um, because I've always just said you're spending money on JPEGs. And I would like to apologize to them because clearly there are far worse things that people can do with their fucking JPEGs. Oh man. Keep it, keep it tuned here for when we get to talk about FIFA 23 next year that allows you to purchase FIFA (laughs) points with NFTs. That'll be fantastic. (sighs) Link link your Bitcoin account to, to FIFA so that you can buy that. Like the the amount of artists that I've seen get into NFT bullshit really just shows to me that um yeah, this whole you know lighting the planet on fire for money thing is not limited to big corporations that individuals, if they can make money, will absolutely light a rainforest on fire <laughs> to get it. Like so I feel like my, this man. I feel like my dad. So if <laughs> if I if I if I draw a picture and scan it and and save you it can, as a you JPEG, can, you can you can essentially sell the ownership rights of that picture of that image. Hold on, somebody. how many how many files do I have? my pictures oh, folder right now? Now how what how you doing, do man? that, I don't know. Like again, I don't understand the whole blockchain part of it. Like, do you have do you have to go to like a blockchain bank and get like a digital certificate of authenticity or something? I don't know. I've got like I've got I've got hundreds of of JPEGs that that are stored in my computer. And all I had to do was right click and save and I didn't have to pay anyone any money and I can I can enjoy that image. Well, but you don't own it, but you don't own it, Carrie. You you don't you don't own own it just as well as any of these dumb fucks spending money on NFTs own it. (laughs) Is this like is this like drawing a picture and then selling it for a Chuck E. Cheese token? 
Yeah. And then going to. Yeah. It's it's yeah. basically um, you you decided that you were going to draw a picture, and rather than like give someone the actual physical picture, you give someone a Chuck E. Cheese token that says that they own the picture. Um, and then when you gave that person that token, you also release an incredible amount of greenhouse gases into <laughs> the atmosphere. I mean, and then be, they gave you $1,000. When, when you eat Chuck E. Cheese pizza, you then run the risk of releasing a tremendous <laughs> amount of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere anyway. When, when you eat the Chuck E. Cheese pizza that's like reconstructed from several other older pizzas, you're definitely <laughs> running the risk of large greenhouse gas emissions. Oh, man. Um, see, you see, yeah. young people. Chuck E. Cheese is <laughs> was a. Do you know? You know the game Five Nights at Freddy's. Imagine yeah, that Chuck E. Cheese around. Oh, okay. All right. Good. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't kind know of I like there's there's very bank. few. I'm pretty sure the company has like <laughs> gone through several bankruptcy restructures at this point. But they still. Why anyone? Know. Why anyone would go to any food establishment where their mascot is a rat? I I don't know. <laughs> Come on down to. <laughs> Charles Entertainment Cheese's <laughs> Rat Pizza and Child Casino. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, it's, a sh- it's, a, it's a shame it's the 400th episode because I feel like Rat Pizza and Child's Casino is a pretty good, <laughs> a pretty good title. Um, a brief bit of news about Elden Ring. The game was. Oh delayed. no! Hold on. Oh, sorry. We're, we're we're not done with the NFT bullshit yet because while Steam was like, we're not doing NFTs. Yeah, as, Epic as, was like, we'll do it. Yo, I thought, come I thought, on, man! I thought Epic was not doing it as well. No, e- Epic. Uh, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney told told uh, the Verge that although there may be some limitations, it is open to working with devs who want to use blockchain oh. technology, NFTs, and crypto in games that would appear on its digital storm front. Okay. Uh, Tim right. Sweeney right. specifically tweeted that uh, we will welcome games that make use of blockchain tech, provided they follow the relevant laws, disclose their terms, and are age-rated by an appropriate group. Though we are not using crypto in our games, we welcome innovation in the areas of technology and finance. You're welcoming scams. Yeah, come on. That's yeah. what you're welcoming. You're welcoming scams and environmental destruction. I mean, I don't use guns. It. I don't use guns, but I welcome people with who love guns to come into my club and just shoot up the place. Yeah. I, you know, I don't use them, but all right, yo. All right. <laughs> Shut up, dude. Oh. Yeah, yeah, but 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 feel sympathy for them versus Apple. All right, yeah, all right, get out of here. Um, as I was mentioning, Elden Ring delayed a month, but they are now putting out a closed uh, network test on console uh, in mid-November. You have to register before November first to get a chance to check out Elden Ring before the game <laughs> releases. Uh, this is now coming out the same day as the debt as the Destiny. Um, Witch Queen expansion, which is causing a lot of Destiny players a lot of angst because um, they don't know what they want to play first, uh, which is that meme of a guy who doesn't know what button. To play. Yeah, it's it's literally that it's not the ironic version of it. Like, like, like they, 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 they don't know what to do. Um, 
on look forward, uh, we have a running segment called This Week in Stupid where we point out the stupidest thing that happens in politics uh, and laugh about it at the end of the episode. Uh, I almost feel like with the amount of stories that we see like this in the games industry that we could have a This Week in Hubris uh, feature on this podcast uh, because in, in, in Hubris, a uh, couple months ago, we talked about phone skin manufacturer uh, D brand was coming out with some PlayStation five plates called dark plates. And I remember we went on their website and they had all this marketing on the website where they were basically given, given Sony the middle finger and being like, you know, fucking a like this, you know, like Sony can't stop us from doing this. And this is definitely going to be fine. And it's totally cool. And this is great. And they even challenged uh, Sony to go ahead, quote, go ahead and sue us. Yeah, literally their website said, go ahead literally, and sue us. Yeah, go ahead and sue us. Uh, and in a stunning reversal of, of fortune uh, for Dbrand, they have decided to not release the uh, dark plates uh, because Sony said, all right, bet. <laughs> and went yeah, and sent them a cease and desist. <laughs> and they were like, all right. <laughs> like we didn't, th- we didn't think you'd do it though, but 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 uh, like why would they? <laughs> yeah, all right, keep keep on keep on getting. What do, what do you say, Carrie, about uh, games and prizes? <laughs> all right, man. So, uh, you, you play a bitch game, and uh, as Yo, is so can... often at at the Rat Pizza Child Casino, you win bitch prizes. So. <laughs> You do that shit all you want, man. Think a company won't come after you? Ah, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> they are uh they are trying to to put a positive spin on this by saying that uh they're agreeing to the takedown quote for now. Um they and, and a quote they put on their website as well. Uh you know what they say, you either die a dark plates owner or you live long enough to see yourself become the scalper. Uh that's somewhat funny a little bit because <laughs> they, they know people huh. are going to be are going to be scalping these like crazy yeah uh since they're not available now uh and they said fuck you and especially fuck sony uh talk soon uh was there was their uh response you're there. making a product for a sony console and you're going to say fuck sony dude shut the yeah you're trying to make money all right you know all right all right i mean they're not making an officially licensed product for a sony console. no so but at the same time <laughs> like if it's close enough Right. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not a I'm not a patent lawyer, um, but yeah, that's that's funny to me because <laughs> because it, it is legitimately is. funny. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just uh, I am amused. I, I am amused. Um, You know, what's not I, I'm not good at this. Go to densepixels.com slash <laughs> for all your Amazon purchases. Uh, when you do that, you uh, you help uh, Jeff Bezos send. Uh, what is what is after octogenarian? Uh, octogenarian is eighty to eighty nine. Isn't it like isn't it like nunogenarian or something like that? When you go to densepickers.com slash Amazon, you uh, help Jeff Bezos send nonagenarian nonagenarian nonagenarians to space um, to boldly go where no one is going. William Shatner's in his nineties. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He don't look it, does he? No. That's what, that's what credit, money he does. is. Credit to 90, him. exactly. Wow. I had yeah. no idea. I'm serious. <laughs> like, I thought that dude was in his like 70s. Really? Because yeah. yeah. I feel like he's looked that way for the last 20 years. I mean, if I if I stop to think about it logically, like Star Trek was like 60 years ago. So like it like, yeah, I should have done the math a little bit better. Like William Shatner wasn't 10 when he played Captain Kirk, but it just, it just didn't, you know, connect in my head that he was that old. Yeah. It's just no, one Star of those, Trek, one the of those original dudes. series ran from 66 to 69. Yeah. He's one of those dudes that's just like perpetually there. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and he's all, like you said, he's always looked like he's looked like that for 20 years. He's looked like he's been hawking Mike Schlocum law firm commercials for <laughs> 20 years. Well, it, it also well, yeah. helps that he like sounds the same. He sounded the same. Yeah. That's yeah. Funny. He doesn't sound like, you know, like, like Clint Eastwood now. You know what I mean? Uh, he's, but yeah, yeah. Jeff Bezos is sending nonagenarians up to space uh, and you can help him send more when you go to densepixels.com slash Amazon. Oh yeah. And you help the show out too, but yeah. like, let's send old people that want to go. <laughs> let's send old people that want to go into space. I'm not saying get rid of our elderly. I'm not saying that at all. I'm sort of saying that. Uh, Leonardo asked a question right after we finished recording last week. Then it's his post office. He said, uh, what's the difference between shaken or stirred? Also, are the Bond novels worth reading? So uh, to answer the first question, when it comes to drinking martinis, James Bond actually gets his martini uh counter to what most martini drinkers do because when you shake a drink in a shaker um what you're basically doing is you're doing something called bleeding the ice which makes the drink uh cold because you're shaking it with ice and and the ice is transferring but you're also watering down the martini faster because you literally get water melting off the ice because of the friction that you're causing um which you're not supposed to do with a martini you're supposed to you know not let it melt down you're actually so the preferred way to drink a martini uh, is stirred. So it's actually a misnomer that James Bond uh, orders them that way, uh, ruining martini drinking for the last 60 years. Um, are the Bond novels worth reading? Some of them are. Um, some of the Bond novels are very good. Casino Royale is very good. Uh, Moonraker, shockingly, the novel is very good. Um, the entire Spectre trilogy from Russia with Love, um, Spy Who Loved Me, pretty solid as well. Um, they are they're very old. Uh, when you read them and they're, it's apparent that they're old, um, just from how the writing is, uh, also Ian Fleming, massive racist, uh, something to keep in mind because that definitely bleeds through, uh, into his writing. But yes, there, there are definitely some Bond novels that are worth reading. I would not read all of the James Bond novels. Um, but like I said, definitely Casino Royale, definitely Moonraker and the From Rush of Love and the Spectre trilogy are probably the best ones, uh, to check out. So it as as with a lot of books from a long time ago, um, yeah, we're worth reading, um, but you have to keep in mind the time period in which they were yes. written and the person who was doing the writing. Yes. Uh, um, I do. I do still think they can be enjoyable, but there's definitely some stuff where you're reading and you're just like, oh, yeah, live and live and let die is a difficult book to read mm-hmm. in 2021. It's really difficult to read just because of the some of the terms and words he uses to characterize, uh, especially black characters in that book. 
Uh, and, and black characters that he likes, by the way. Like, these are like James Bond's friends. And he's, yeah, he's like, he, <laughs> like Ian Fleming, like, loves Jamaica, you know? Yeah. Like, what in the world? Like, like he <laughs> fucking lived there. <laughs> like, like, right. like, the dude lived there when he, when he left, when he retired from the military. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to literally move to Jamaica and live in the house that you see James Bond living in, in, in no time to die. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> And and this is this is how he thinks about his neighbors. So. Right, and he's just like, man, I love these, these niggas know how to cook. Like, yo, <laughs> calm down, yo. <laughs> like, chill out, man. <laughs> uh, Trey asks: Now that the PS2 era Grand Theft Auto remasters have been announced, will Rockstar remaster Bully next? Since it is the other most mentioned game in their catalog. I don't think so, honestly. Like, I think I think Bully gets a lot of uh, talk from a niche section of their fan base. I don't think a bully remaster would be a bona fide, like let lock seller, like the GTA. No, I think you're right. Um, yep. I feel like it's any money from it. I feel like it's within the realm of possibility. I'm not going to say definitely not, but um, I feel like the people who liked bully really liked bully. Um, and I feel like, you know, it's been a generation or two since that game first released. Maybe a remaster would would actually do well, but um, because it doesn't have the name Grand Theft Auto on it, they may not be willing to spend the time or money or effort to do so. Ejax uh, says, my close friend is wanting to get into video games, but I don't know what to show her. What are some good introductory games or games for two players that are fun? Uh, there's a uh, lot of really fun multiplayer games out there. Um, I keep I haven't played it myself yet. I keep hearing great things about the game. It takes two, um, which is a cooperative game. Um, Stardew Co-op is really fun, really chill, really low key. Um, honestly, some of the like Mario titles that allow co-op, um, like New Super Mario Brothers U, um, I think is a is a great one. A good good easy side scrolling platformer that uh that you can play together when uh when my wife uh was trying to you know see what it is i see in video games she was like hey let's you know show me a game what game should we play we played uh she had a good time playing mario kart and she had a good time playing everybody's golf Mm -hmm. so there you go those are my recommendations and i'll also say surprisingly um diablo 3 is not a bad game to onboard to because the game definitely eases you along in that beginning phase in terms of giving you things that you can do. Uh, I kind of, it kind of, it kind of ramps the complexity up as you go along, but the first five to six hours are actually quite manageable uh, in Diablo. And because you can kick the difficulty level down early in that game, it could be very beginner friendly. So one of the Um, aspects about it, if you're down with the theme. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing I would, I would, ask your friend what kind of what kind of stories do they like watching on television or in in movies and try and find a game within that genre as well because if they're like oh i love i love high fantasy stuff i love lord of the rings and you know game of thrones and whatnot i might even suggest skyrim in that case because you can crank the difficulty all the way down on that and just be a god from the Mm get-go and that's a huge open world game that you can just sort of explore and get that rpg experience and stuff like that you know yeah. or if they like sci-fi maybe you have them play no man's sky and just send them to space for a few hours 
<laughs> Only if they're a nonagenarian or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gerard says, honestly, I have no idea what's going on here three quarters of the time, but I enjoy the hell out of y'all's commentary. It feels good to be in the know and contribute to a random game related conversation. Like I know what the hell is going on. Uh, keep up the great work as always, everyone. I appreciate what you do. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. The nicest person I've ever, uh, seen online, but I, I, I think he's a bot, because, <laughs> but, but like a bot, you know, programmed in the opposite way. You know what I mean? Like to be nice and not like disseminate poorly thought out uh, researched information. Like he's, he's actually a good, honest human being. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mark asks, I don't know if this one has been asked before, uh, but what is the funniest game that you guys have played? Um, I don't know. In terms of funny writing. Um, I mean, you could you phrase uh, ter- in terms of how to, however you want to, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the, the Ace Attorney games have always had like a really good wit about them, I think, in terms of the overall writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have laughed at myself fumbling around more times playing Monster Hunter than anything else, but I would not qualify Monster Hunter as a funny game. It's mostly like I run into walls and laugh at myself because I'm an idiot. I think the uh, ratcheting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Micah. No, no. I was just saying, I don't know, because most games, uh, they're either unintentionally funny or corny funny, right? Like, or or characters that I find amusing, but like, they're not necessarily, maybe they're not necessarily intended to be. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, Dante from Devil May Cry, I find hilarious because he's like, uh, specifically from Devil May Cry 3, because he's a giant dork, but he's like, trying to be cool right but he's like a super dork um and then there are games that are written to be funny like south park or conquer or shit like that but it's just like hey look at these cute characters cursing hey here's a giant mountain of poo singing a song or you know it's not the 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 humor doesn't hit me as like i've never guffawed at a video game Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I find most of my game humor in games that have funny writing in them. Um, Ratchet and Clank games are always really good for humorous moments that are genuine and not, you know, put upon and are not like set up to be humorous. Um, it kind of flows naturally. Um, Earthbound and really all the mother games have a lot of absurd humor in it and also a lot of sly humor as well. So it's a nice, a nice hybrid. Uh, of those two things. Um, so those are probably the two, the two that I, that come to mind immediately for me in terms of funny games. Um, he also asked if we can make a top 10 list at the end of the year for games. Micah has bought, but hasn't played. No, uh, we can make a top 10 list for games that Micah has bought, but played less than like four hours of probably. Yeah. I was going to say, cause go. he plays everything for like 15 minutes. Yeah, I'll play it. I'll play it just to try it. Right. But no, yeah. If I stick with it, I bought I bought a game called The Takeover on on Switch because mm-hmm. it was five dollars and I was like ah let me let me get this beat 'em up right and um, I don't know why I don't know why I played it for like five minutes and I'm never gonna touch it again I deleted it from my system so yeah I, thought, we can make I, that I, I do I do more on Switch of those than I do on any other platform for sure like especially when they put like a deep discount on them yeah. you know. 
you, you, you take like, a flyer on stuff. It's whatever. Yeah, it's two ninety nine. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'll try. Uh, Film Wander asks, "What is a game that you find relaxing if you don't want something too heavy on action?" Uh, something like a like a Luminaires or a Tetris Effect or some sort of uh, some sort of puzzle game or like an open world game where I can just kind of fuck around like spider-man i can just kind of fuck around and swing around and and be content like i don't tend to play games that are really high stress to begin with um i think the most stressed out i get playing video games these days is if i decide to i decide to do anything in final fantasy 14 as a healer healing is so stressful i can't i can't do it it just I'm always on the edge when I'm doing that. So like some like low action. Stardew is usually my go-to. Um, I also, God, fucking Katamari Damasi. Like the the Katamari series at large of just you roll around a ball and you listen to some fun music. That's a nice relaxing experience. Yeah, you're cleaning up the environment. Just rolling around all your junk. Yeah. Just making it a big star. Uh my deck builders are probably the most relaxing game that I play um, just because like I said, they're very low intensity. Um, They activate like the thinking part because a lot of the deck building games, especially the roguelike ones have like, they show you the enemy intense. So it becomes more like a giant puzzle um, in a lot of ways. So those like some like slay the spire, Griftlands, uh, monster train, like things of that nature, I would say for me are the, uh, are the ones to check out. Uh, Cam says in the unco- in the upcoming Suicide Squad game, do you think all do you think DC actually gave them clearance to kill the Justice League? Are we in for a bait and switch from the company who notoriously would not allow NetherRealm to must Superman's hair uh, in the first Injustice game? I have to imagine that it's gonna it's gonna ultimately be like Brainiac's the main villain, and the Justice League ends up like teaming with you at the end of the game to to fight back against Brainiac, right? Yeah, like, you know, you see a couple members of the Justice League and they have like the their eyes are all messed up, uh, do probably due to Brainiac's influence. Wonder Woman is not one of them. Uh, she seems clear headed. So you you will continue until you fight Wonder until you get to Wonder Woman. You'll have an altercation. You'll come together. Um, you will. And then you'll figure out how to free the other members of the Justice League. And um, I don't know. Uh, so I'm I'm going to assume that because Rocksteady is making it, it is a it is a follow up. It is in the same universe that the Arkham hmm. universe is in. Uh, and at the end of Arkham Knight, Batman is killed. Uh, he's in Wayne Manor. Spoiler alert: He's in Wayne Manor, and Wayne Manor blows up. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah, you know. Um, He's in Wayne Manor. Wayne Manor blows up because everyone knows who Batman is. So I'm assuming that they're operating in in, in that world, which is why you don't see Batman anywhere uh, in the trailer. Or do you? Um, and so technically, they they don't have a problem killing off a character. But no, I I don't think you'll I don't think you'll kill any of those characters because you need you're introducing those characters for future games maybe you know what i mean yeah i would agree 
Uh, finally, we come back to Leonardo, come full circle, who got it, his question in, in time this week in the <laughs> show, uh, who says, for Mike and Brad, what is your favorite 007 gadget? Oh, man, Leonardo, who's your favorite parent, man? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. Um, I love most of the cars. Obviously, the DB5 is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, See, for me, this uh, is an easy question to answer. I, I know, uh, I know mine off the top of my head. I love the Lotus. I love the I love the laser watch from Goldeneye just because it's a fucking laser on a watch. Like who the fuck <laughs> doesn't want that, dude? Um, um, there's a ton, man. There's a ton. Uh, I like how me- Leonardo explains this or asks this as if I don't watch James Bond films. <laughs> well, what is, what is your favorite 007 gadget? I like the cars. Yeah. yeah Which like one? What, any specific one? <sighs> no. I like the cars. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. Uh, my favorite is arguably the most practical uh, 007 gadget in the entire series. Second most practical. I think the underwater rebreather is actually the most practical. But the second most practical uh, is the attache case uh, from from, yep. from, from Russia. You know yep. what? You're right. It is. It's a, it, like yeah. I said, it's, it's, it's a briefcase. Can hold your papers and shit. Uh, it's got a knife hidden in it. It's got two strips of gold sovereigns in there. Uh, you can booby trap it with a tear gas canister in case anyone tries to get in there. Um, it's got spare bullets in in the in the stoppers at the bottom. Like like it's a fucking fantastic piece of kit. Uh, that if you've ever, if you've ever wondered what it would be like to have an inventory in real life, like a video <laughs> yeah. inventory, that's it. That's it. The, the, that, that case also resulted in some of like the coolest vintage bond toys back in the day too. It's, it's fuck it's fucking awesome. Um, my favorite absurd gadget is the, one of the most reverse engineered gadgets, which is the Rolex Submariner that had the buzzsaw bezel so that bond could get through ropes that happened to be at his wrists, uh, from, from live and let die. Uh, (laughs) so that's, that's my favorite of the absurd James Bond gadgets. Um, and then Carrie, he also asks if you could take a monster yeah. from Monster Hunter and bring it into the Pokemon universe, uh, what would it be? Uh, I would want to see two in particular. One, I think Zenogre would be cool on his own because it's a fucking lightning dog. Um, he's also one of my favorite. These two are my two favorite monsters anyway. So uh, Zenogre, who I now have a tattoo of because I'm a psychopath. Um, Zenogre, I think, would would translate really well to the pokemon universe i think he has a design that could be adapted really well in that style and he already has a move set that would work well for the existing pokemon moves the other that i think would be really funny would be um basil basil goose or as the official monster hunter stories pronunciation which is basil geese but um you're gonna take my bagel goose out of my cold dead hands capcom (laughs) uh yeah i think basil would be really fun if if you could program it because he's an invading monster so he sort of swoops into you fighting another monster and ruins your day and probably ends your hunt if you're not prepared for him um so imagine like you're fighting another monster out in the wild or another pokemon out in the wild and like halfway through the fight like a warning thing comes across the screen and Basil swoops in and now you have to fight Basil and he's like a way higher level than you can handle at that time. That's what I would want to see. I think that would be cool. But 
from a more realistic perspective, I think Zenogar would be the better choice. <laughs> very good. Well, that's it for the post office. Thank you guys very much for the questions that you submitted. Um, Carrie is doing extra life this year. It's going to take place. Well, over several well, days. So, now. Yeah, yeah. So basically um, I am busy all the time and I don't really have like a single weekend <laughs> where I can dedicate for like one lengthy long stream for extra life this year. So instead I'm just going to be dropping in and out throughout the month, doing streams of stuff that whatever I feel like playing that day, basically Um, still, still doing the campaign, still trying to hit that $500. Um, Thank you to those who have donated so far. If you haven't donated already, please consider doing so. Um, I'm doing the thing this year where for every $10 you donate, um, that will basically count as a ticket towards a raffle that I will do at the end of the month. And I've got some cool stuff in there. I've got some like eShop codes for Nintendo that I'll give away. Um, I have some like soundtrack stuff I'll be doing. I have the Final Fantasy VII piano collections on vinyl that will be sort of your grand prize. Uh, I have the soundtrack to god hand on cassette i'll be giving that away um (laughs) (laughs) so yeah got some eclectic stuff in there so uh all all the money goes to help the kids at the johns hopkins children's center um but yeah i decided i didn't just want to do one long new vegas stream instead i'm gonna do a little bit of new vegas and then a little bit of monster hunter and then probably some paradise killer and then probably some pokemon and some other stuff. So cool. Uh, don't forget. So I don't have a set schedule because I'm an adult who's busy all the time. It's that it becomes tough when you become yeah. an adult for sure. Um, you know, it's not tough. Go to densepixels.com slash fans, joining the discord. Nailed it. Yep. Uh, make sure you've spent those post office questions every single week. Love answering those. Probably my favorite part of the show. Honestly, uh, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash dense pixels. Uh, smash the subscribe button because that's the only thing you can do with that button is smash it. Uh, and then follow us on Twitch. Carrie's up. It's Carrie. Terrence's apparition 410. I'm dense pixels. Brad. Uh, that does it for 400 episodes. Technically more. We don't we don't number the E3 stuff. So so we've actually done That's true. Yeah, we've we, actually, we, we've, we've actually done way more than four hundred. Um but four hundred official episodes. Uh I've had an amazing time. It's been fantastic. Looking forward to doing many, many more of these uh with with you folks uh on the pod here with me and with you folks listening uh on your audio devices and your YouTubes at home. Uh thank you very much as always for watching and listening. We will see you all the next time. Thanks. See you.